Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. And welcome back. We've got Thomas in the house. We are here. We're doing a <laughs> podcast on the last couple of days of 2019. Yeah. This is it. This is it. Special edition here. So what do we do on these last couple of days? Well, we've got information for you. Some thoughts and ideas of things you could do for New Year's meditative celebrations. So this question came from Satch, and I'm really excited. What great timing, actually. So what do you do on New Year's Eve? Her, her Really, she was asking, are there any rituals that we do? And, well, yes, there are. <laughs> and we actually have quite a few. So we got to talking about it and decided to share those with you. And what's interesting, too, is coming from two different perspectives. Majana brings one thing and I bring another and they kind of we've morphed and blended them. So, you know, one of the things you can think about on New Year's Eve would be kind of similar to what you might do on a full moon, which is when we release things. So one of the things that Majana had experience with that I didn't was the burning bowl ceremony. Right. And there are so many ways to do this. You maybe have seen it or experienced it with a group. And Thomas and I have done it with a group. But you know what? We kind of like just doing our own, just a simple burning bowl. And the bowl is the toilet bowl. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. We have, we have a, uh, Majana got a little uh, fire pit for the back patio. It's, you know, one of those um, round fire pits. And we use that. But there have been times we've been, like my absolute favorite was in Sedona. And it was snowing like this white oh, out yeah. nearly. It was crazy. Yeah, that, was several, that was the year uh, right after we met. So how do you do a burning bowl? Well, okay, I'm not a detail person, <laughs> so I think there a lot are many. More than I am. <laughs> yeah, we're in trouble. Um, I, you know, those little details are really up to you. Do you do it inside or do you do it outside? Do you actually have flash paper? Do you just use notebook paper? Those are the details that just don't matter. What does matter is the intention. So, what my preference is to start at least that morning or the day before. So I, I I can really put thought into this and we're not rushing through it at the last minute. But you want to make two lists. One list is everything you want to release because it's no longer serving you. It can be a habit. It can be a thought process or an action. Anything, anything at all that doesn't serve you. The other thing is you know, nature abhors a vacuum. So when you release certain things, you need to fill that space with intentions of what you want to bring in. If you're not specific about what you want to create, it's like going into a restaurant and looking at a menu and saying, oh, just give me something because you are at the mercy of the waiter, the waitress, the cook. So be specific as to what you want to bring into your life with a separate list. So then obviously... Once you get that uh, releasing list complete, then in a very safe way, obviously, you can burn that. Now, some ceremonies uh, use – there's a some kind of a flash paper, I guess, that's made for this that you can write on. Right. 
And it yeah. And it, and it goes real quick and it's um so it's it's quick and out. If you use just a piece of copy paper from, you know, grab off your printer kind of thing or rip a page out of a notebook, that burns a lot slower and you get you can have sparks. So I'm be real serious. I mean, be careful, especially if you're outdoors or if shingle roofs are around, that kind of thing. Yes. Yes. So my preference is before I burn that, I want to look at that again and read it either to myself or out loud. A lot of times these are personal and you just want to do it by yourself. But I want to go through it and I actually imagine myself just releasing it. What does it feel like to not have that any longer? So this is a process. It's not just a real quick thing. You're setting intentions for a whole year. And obviously the emotion piece that you're talking about there is absolutely key. I love what you said. Feel what it feels like to not be attached to those things anymore. It's very liberating. Then you get to have some fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Light that puppy. Burn, baby, burn. Burn, baby, burn. And in that, I always do that, whether it's a full moon or New Year's Eve, burning bowl, is do that with my mood is not celebratory. And maybe it could be. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you feel happy about, hey, you know, burn, you sucker. But mine is more solemn and it's more introspective of, you know, just like doing the work, being serious about it. So that's my preference. That's how I do it. Okay, so then what do you do with the intention list while that's burning? Do you do anything simultaneous or do you just let that burn and expire? When do you bring the intentions back in? I prefer to let that completely burn. I want that completely out of my space. It's gone. And then I pull out my other list and read those things one at a time and feel the accomplishment of those. Feeling is huge here, right? It's not, visualizing is important, but feeling it is, I think, the key element. So one at a time, go through your list and and feel that. And then you can tuck that list away. You don't want to burn that. You're hanging on to it. You can tuck it away or go into another strategy. Ah, here's a good one. Uh, This one came to me when I was not conscious, but boy, did it wake me up. So you could take that list or create another list, and you basically fold it up, put it in a sealed envelope. And in, you know, in some groups or churches and other places that do this collectively, some people will even collect the envelopes, stick a stamp on it, and mail it back to you, obviously, the end of the next year. Me, I always moved around too much, so that just like didn't work. It's like, well, it'll probably come back to you. But the point is, when you seal it and forget it and then open it up a year later, you will be amazed at how many things on that list have come to fruition. That's where the intention is important. The other, Not only the intention, but the forgetting it, where you just dismiss it. You've made it so. You have felt it, and then you set the intention and released it, and your subconscious mind works its magic. Yeah, that's a really cool exercise. So something similar, instead of just doing a list, is to write yourself a letter. Yes. But write that letter as if it has already happened, right? Typical just scripting technique, right? Yes. Write it like a news story. Not fake news. Real news. (laughs) This is the real McCoy. (laughs) Real stuff. Yeah. A letter to yourself. And that's pretty cool to open that up 
you know, at the beginning of December of that next year and say, oh, look, you know, I said this is what I did. This is how great it felt. I was right. It does. Yeah, that's a really cool. And it really gets your subconscious mind in alignment with the intentions that you're putting on that piece of paper. Powerful. Some people do labyrinths. Oh, walk yeah. a labyrinth. Yes, which is, you know, it's just a walking meditation, nice and slowly. Again, setting intentions because meditating doesn't have to be sitting still in lotus position. In fact, that's your least favorite. Yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I get lists, but they're not what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a labyrinth, and you know, they even have indoor labyrinths that are portable. It may, oh, they make me think of like huge twister games. <laughs> That is the sound of my fingers on Amazon buying one of those suckers. <laughs> Get me an indoor labyrinth. <laughs> All right. Now, I know some of the uh, Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity-type congregations, New Thought-type places will do a white stone ceremony. I've heard it just called your word of the year. In oh, other, yeah, that's you know, cool. Yeah, in non-secular areas. So it's during your meditation, while you're walking the labyrinth or while you're in some sort of a meditative, mindful state, just ask your guides, ask the universe, whatever your belief system is, God, what is my word for the year? It's a theme. What word will carry me through as a guiding light, so to speak? And it's really kind of cool what shows up. Be open. Be really open because very often it is not what you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> and then you write it on a, you take a thin lined pen and write it on a stone. You can write it on a stone or a tile or something that's not going to get crumpled up and thrown away. And that you can keep around. So you put it on your nightstand or your dresser or your bathroom area where you prepare for the day. Just something where you can see it. See it or carry it around. Stick it in your pocket or purse or something too. I love how that sets a tone for the year and it gives your, again, gives your subconscious. We talk about subconscious programming techniques as adults. These are some great ones. This next one comes from my past. So when I went to the one of the big churches in Dallas back when I was in that phase, they always had a New Year's Eve service. And um, the pastor there said, you know, basically, I'd rather spend my New Year's Eve on my knees before God. And the idea there is there's so many things that you can do on New Year's Eve. And I always loved, first of all, just that honoring of higher power, higher source. You know, you can go out and play on amateur night. You can go out and do all kinds of crazy stuff. You can go to bed at eight thirty, nine o'clock and sleep right through the whole darn thing. But just to be in that space of honoring our source and our journey in what is kind of a quiet, calm, solemn, reflective space, candlelight. Um, you know, we probably will do that here if we make it to that hour, which is 50-50 or, or less. Eight chance. o'clock maybe <laughs> yeah, is a good bet. Beforehand. <laughs> doesn't have to be at that moment. But it's just honoring the completion of a season and setting intentions for the next season, obviously next year. 
Now, something is really cool that's shown up in the astrological chart is as I was doing my fun astrology podcast, there were all these aspects and all this stuff to talk about until about last Friday. And then the chart just went solemnly quiet. And I didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> oh, it's like silent night. had covered everything. And I thought about it. And exactly. I just thought, you know what that is? It is the entire sky, the energy of the sky going fairly quiet ahead of this very ominous stuff that's getting ready to happen, which we've been talking about in other places. But this energy of Saturn and Pluto and this lunar eclipse that's coming up on January 10th and Uranus turning direct again on January 10th. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that just boom, 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 rapid fire starts to happen right after the new year. And it's almost like the heavens are just saying silent night. Yeah, it's offering a contemplative space. Giving us time to quiet and to go in. So I did that a couple of nights ago and had some, I've got to say, it was some of the most powerful internal, just opening up, dialogue, stuff coming up, out, intuition, pouring in that I've had in a long, long time. Love it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Because I had just done that podcast. I was like, in that space, oh, that was strong. Wow. So I think the, my, my advice over the next couple of days would be be reflective. I agree. And, you know, society makes the new year a big party, a big consciously and subconsciously, we're releasing old Lang Syne, right? And we're bringing in, it's a celebratory thing. So your whole psyche is prepared for this. It's a great opportunity to maximize and capitalize what you're going to accomplish in the next year. And that I do think whether you choose to do it New Year's Eve night, or maybe you have plans that don't involve bed at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. Cancel them. <laughs> you know, but I do think even if you choose to do it on New Year's Day, that's fine. But it's the it's the intention and the seriousness. It's the commitment to your growth and the life that you're creating. Very well said. However you choose to spend your New Year's Eve and New Year New Year's Day, we wish you the very best, happiest, merriest, safest, safest, joyous, filled year possible. Absolutely. Happy New Year. And until next time, namaste.